I, I actually had our team go back and look in the last two years. So since we launched live, okay, we've actually increased the rate of our connection of small businesses to independent accountants by five points, five percentage points, which means we've made half a million more connections in the last two years, small businesses with accounting professionals, even as we launch live. And so that's where I go to, we are growing the market for services within the QuickBooks online ecosystem. Today is Tuesday, June 29th. This is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Blake, uh, it's a Tuesday and we're recording, so we're doing a special ed- episode today. Today we have, we've had him once before on the show. We have Ted Callahan. He is the global accountant business leader on the podcast. If you remember Ted, we were at QuickBooks Connect. Remember when we used to do things in person and there was events. So at the 2019 QuickBooks Connect, I want to say in October, Ted was actually on the show then and Ted just recently then, he took over the QuickBooks Live part of into it. So he's on the show. So um, I don't know if you have any comments. If not, we can just welcome Ted. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you, Ted. And it's it's um, Global Accountants Leader at QuickBooks. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me both. I, uh, I do wish for those opportunities to be in person again. So <laughs> excited for that day, hopefully coming sooner rather than later, and we can do this in person. So, so I have to say, I have to say that when I heard that we would not be having an in-person QuickBooks Connect this year, I, I almost gave up, Ted. You, you are not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. As a very committed extrovert, I was saddened when we made that decision, but I think Looking at the the continued data, I think we're just out of an abundance of caution. We said, hey, we don't want to be creating the accountant super spreader event of 2021. Uh, that that would so, not be a good look. No. Not be a good look. No, yeah. no. We're here for you to get you sick, right? Like that's not what we want to be about. But everybody's pining for it. Like, it, like when, when it happens, you know, it might be a 20,000 person conference. Like people are pining to do a big, huge in-person conference. Yeah. And I have to ask, does this mean you get like double the budget for the next one? You know that, I, I think that's a great push. I'll see what I can do. Okay. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say that was a good idea that Blake shared with me. So, so maybe we should kind of rewind. Um, can you fill us in where you, like what's going on since the last time you were on the show? So last time you were, you were, just maybe a week before that took over QuickBooks Live. Like what's mm-hmm. your journey been out into it the last almost, it's been two years almost since I think we spoke, right? Yeah, yeah. A solid 20 months for sure. Um, I think none of us have been keeping time very well since COVID started. A buddy of mine introduced me the concept of the new BC is before COVID. Since I last spoke with you, I was very busy, as you could imagine, with QuickBooks Live, really trying to stand up all three key elements of that uh, service and experience. How do we market it clearly? How do we then provide the right in-product experience? And then the service delivery aspect, coordinating that across the company. Before I came to Intuit, if you both recall, I was doing startups and I was uh, running a very small seed venture fund. And so this was an awesome opportunity to take all of those learnings that I'd been writing down with the founders together and get to do that inside a big company. So that was an exciting experience. And like I said, it wasn't just doing tech, it was doing a a tech-enabled service. So um, that was a big journey. Happy to jump into various pieces of that. But I think the, the highlights were really figuring out how do you convey what a virtual service does that's discrete and distinct from 
when you have uh, the opportunity to at least be in person in some capacity, right? So big opportunity there, really figuring out who's the right customer profile. As we talked about last time, the goal of QuickBooks Live was to help the 40% of the QuickBooks customers who get on QuickBooks Online but don't get connected to an accountant. How do we really help them understand what is bookkeeping and how the service can help them and then what it can and cannot do for them uh, was an awesome journey. And then to make sure that we paid that off inside the product experience, getting all of the uh, required documents from those customers so that then we could go do the work of bookkeeping on their behalf. So that was what a lot of that journey was. It was really exciting to take that, grow it, scale it to some of those big milestones. We're not reporting any numbers on that uh, at this point in time, but it was a tremendous, tremendous um, leadership opportunity for me personally. And just, it was a blast uh, to be with the, the different teams pulling, doing something we'd never done before. So I know you just said you're not saying any numbers, but can I ask any numbers? Uh, you know, how many QuickBooks Live bookkeepers are there? How many customers do you have? You know, I'm really curious to know how it's gone since when you started, it was very much a small startup That's right. project. And now it's been a year or two. It's been yeah. a couple of yeah, years. 20, so, 20 yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I said, unfortunately, we're not we're not sharing any numbers. I can tell you what I would share with you is when you look at the need state of a small business, it has only accelerated in terms of the needs of small business owners to have outside experts really helping them grow and manage their business. And so I would say there's there's kind of a convergence of two pretty big meg mega trends, the move from desktop to online and then with that, with COVID and the, the move to remote work for many parts of the country, there's been also a tremendous acceleration in small businesses' embrace of remote work and virtual services. And so we, we definitely saw that acceleration inside both our QuickBooks businesses and specifically QuickBooks Live is what I could offer you. So maybe uh, I could ask, ask different questions. Maybe not, mm -hmm. that's not numbers-wise, but really to QuickBooks Live. I mean, we talk about every week on the show, there's always these arguably accounting firms with engineers, right? And they're all doing this combination software and a service. Mm -hmm. right? So like when you, as you've worked on QuickBooks Live the last two years, and you talked about trying to, the, the how tough it was, right? Like what's the toughest part? Is it the engineering and the automation part of this? Is it the, the marketing and finding the right customer fit? Is it the actual staffing providing the human part of this service? Like what is the toughest part of building this new software as a service with real service involved? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, what, I, what I would say it is, if you think of, Blake, you, you play uh, you know, classical music. If you think about the role of the um, conductor in bringing very disparate groups of teams online to be playing the same sheet of music when you haven't ever had sheet music to perform from before, the analogy that I would give you is thinking about how do you balance the marketing function with the product function and the services team and having them understand the coherent customer experience that we're trying to solve, given the problems that we see of these small business owners don't know what bookkeeping is. Um, they are a bit afraid to go hire somebody on their own for fear of making the wrong decision. Then once they get into the experience, making sure they have very clear expectations that we can quickly meet at scale. Right, because to the point of the growth, it has been uh, very terrific growth. Making sure that we're keeping all of those three engines in balance 
and performing at the level we want them to. That was, I think, the biggest learning for us of, hey, there's there's new ways of working that we have to learn in real time as this thing scales so quickly. So I know you guys had a bunch of price increases recently for QuickBooks mm-hmm. Online and, and uh, wholesale and those sort of things. How much learning from the QuickBooks Live model did affect the price changes? And, and I guess where I'm going from that, because I, I look at, there's a lot of competitors to Intuit that are doing the same model mm-hmm. and they're, they're charging $250, $300 a month. And I'm wondering how much of uh, there's, does the market have room to go higher prices? If you really think about what people are charging for this full service type thing versus just QuickBooks by itself, how, how much learnings from QuickBooks Live are affecting your price changes or what drove those? It's a great question. And that's what I love about uh, both of you. You always ask terrific questions. If, if I think about the journey that we've been on with our broader QuickBooks suite of products, which we typically refer to as our ecosystem vision, we are consistently hearing from small businesses that have been with us for years, as well as this amazing growth of new starts or new businesses that have gotten started through the crucible that has been our COVID experience. They are increasingly looking for two things. They're looking for a platform on which they can run their business. Right. Rather than best of breed apps, they're looking for give me one place where I can come and get my work done. And what I saw in a number of my startups was the founders would get really excited about different apps. And then all of a sudden they literally have 45 different applications. They're trying to run their business and they're exhausted. The data doesn't synchronize and they're really struggling to understand what is happening across their business in a comprehensive way. That's what we're also consistently seeing um, in our customer base. They're asking us to be the one place where they can be running their business. So that's thing one um, to the question. The second part, David, um, is that when we look at the value that we're providing in our core accounting solution of QuickBooks Online, the pace of our innovation has really never been higher. And if you look at things like projects, things like tags in that core experience that are now enabling small businesses to slice and dice that data and do things they've never been able to do before in real time, it's really an unprecedented moment for us to be serving, continuing to drive that innovation to provide real value to them. And then what we're doing from a pricing um, perspective, third part now, is, hey, we want to be pricing to the value that we are creating through that innovation. And so that's that's the one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So to summarize this, basically what you're hearing from small business owners and even when you start startups, et cetera, people get to a point where they're like, hey, I need less headaches and less less systems and less apps, if you want to say it that way. I want everything unified. I'm willing to pay more. I'll pay a premium to have my life easier. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I really like that, Ted. And I hear that from firm owners. And it was a problem that I faced in my own firm where... I would get a client on five or six different apps and the frustration the client had was, well, now I got to go to five or six different places and I don't know where to go. And what they really wanted, I realized after a few years was they just wanted to call me, text me or my firm, and then we deal with it. So we, we moved away from directly exposing those apps to them. And instead we said, look, if you need something done, here's an email address for you specifically. It goes to everyone on your team and we'll take care of it for you. So now they only have one app, which was my firm, basically. And, and the term that I like to use uh, for this overwhelm sensation is app fatigue. We all get app fatigue. Our clients get it. We get it personally. I mean, how many apps do you use every day? Probably dozens and dozens now, right? 
Yeah, I try not to count anymore. Yeah, it's better not to, right? Mm-hmm. You can. I, I just look at my bookmarks, you know, and I, I run out of room on my bookmark bar for all the apps that I have to log into. But, but before we go on, I'd love to talk more about the pricing and the reason for the price changes uh, and the new features. But just sticking with um, QuickBooks Live for one more moment. So I'm a member of, of a few different Facebook groups uh, focusing on QuickBooks, and I like to follow what's going on there. A lot of discussion relevant to the smaller uh, pro advisors, right? The ind- independents. And one of the big concerns since QuickBooks Live ever came along was that it's going to be a competitive threat to these pro advisors, these freelance pro advisors in particular, who are just one person. And there was this promise made, I believe, when QuickBooks Live came around that it would not be marketed to the clients of pro advisors. So any mm-hmm. any user, any end customer that connected to a pro advisor would not see the marketing advertising for hire a QuickBooks Live bookkeeper. But recently this has resurfaced in some of these groups as recently as this month, where pro advisors are reporting, seeing they're reporting that their clients are seeing live bookkeeping ads at on the sign-in screen, and the clients are obviously letting them know about this, right? And so there's frustration there. There's dozens and dozens of comments. People are frustrated. This seems to be a problem that's gone on for years now without real resolution. And would you like to address that? Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me start with the principle, and I'll talk you through. You you brought up an, a one that I hadn't heard about recently, recently, um, and so I'll cover that as well as uh, two other areas. So the principle, just like you started with Blake, is that we do not show ads for QuickBooks Live for clients um, who have an accountant attached. Okay, so that that has been what we said, and that remains true as a guiding principle for how we do. Our, um, our development as well as how our marketing teams work within the product um, and on our, on our different you know, web properties, if you will. And so I think there are uh, two pieces then that I would start to unpack that get a little bit in the weeds, but I know from all of my conversations with our um, pro advisors, our accountant community, they, they love to get deep into the weeds. So, um, we, you're, so I think the first principle is, hey, no ads. And so if you think about in your QuickBooks product experience, there are places where we have banners and we have text messages where we prompt folks when we see they hit a stall point in their experience where we will prompt them to, hey, do you need help here, as an example. And for some of those places, if you're not connected to an accountant, we'll say, hey, it looks like you need help. Would you like to get connected? And we actually, in the get to know me flow, so right when you create a QuickBooks um, online subscription, you log in. Actually, one of the first pieces that we ask about is, do you have a relationship with an accountant already? Here's the opportunity for you to enter their email and they'll be able to now get access to your books because you've invited them in, right? So So just to pause there to make sure I heard this correctly. So even if you saw an ad, if you set up QuickBooks or sign up, sign in, you still get prompted to connect to your existing accountant. Correct. Yeah, so that's a key part of what we call our get to know you flow. Uh, colloquially inside the business. And the um, if they say, hey, I don't have an accountant or a bookkeeper, but I would like to get connected to one, we then show them side by side, here's an opportunity to go to our Find a Pro Advisor portal where they can go research based on their specific needs. Do you need 
an accountant who does bookkeeping and tax advisory and those kinds of things, and who's in your local market? Or do you prefer to have us pair you with our QuickBooks Live bookkeeping service? Because you don't necessarily know that you need those extras at this point in time. You just want help with your bookkeeping and you don't want to have to go through all of the search process. So that those are side by side right in that first experience, David. Got it. So going back then, uh, Blake, to your question of, hey, this, this question of these ads. Um, so what we, when we have had a um, small business ad an accountant, we have um, algorithms that run that say, do not show any of that kind of in-product marketing experience to these clients. So that is a clear place where we say, don't do that. One of the areas that we have gotten questions and con- a bit of consternation on is on our billing and subscription page which is where we show that entire suite of products and services that are available to a subscriber in QuickBooks. That is an area where I think this is a little bit where there's perception and there's intention. The intention of that page, it's not a marketing page. It is literally, it is a utility page to turn on or turn off those different products and services. Payroll is there. If you are not on wholesale billing, QuickBooks Live is also going to be there, even if you are connected. And and so I've heard from a number of our accountants saying, hey, that feels like marketing to me. And I said, wow, that was not the intention that, and you'll notice the call to action there is not sign up for that thing. Instead, it is an opportunity for those folks who would be interested to explore, right? So our, our intention was not a marketing experience. We've gotten feedback that it does feel like a marketing experience. So that's an area that I'm actively going and exploring with our team of, hey, Accountants are perceiving this very differently than our intention. What can we do to, to rectify that? So that's one area where I'd love, you know, in a subsequent time, if I'm invited back to the show, to be able to say, hey, here's what we've done about that phenomenon. The one that you called out, Blake, of on the sign-in page. So that would be, I think the example, let me confirm with you. That would be, hey, I pull up quickbooks.com and I go to sign into my account. Before I've signed in, there's different um, offers, if you will. And, and so folks there are seeing, hey, I'm a client connected to an accountant, but I'm seeing a QuickBooks Live marketing. Is that correct? I think that's the case, yes. So on that one, the because the user isn't signed in, we wouldn't know they're connected to an accountant and thus not to be showing that message. And so that's a, that's a new one. So I'll have to go back to the team and say, hey, have we thought about that experience? Even if we don't know them uh, through the sign-in experience, are there other opportunities for us to be intelligent? For example, if there's a cookie on a browser, could we use that kind of data to further prevent that phenomenon? Because again, I think if I if I roll back the tape to how QuickBooks Live got started before I was even on that team, the start was not what we wanted. That was not the way that we wanted to communicate to accountants that we were doing those tests, right? It came out a bit by accident. And so I think we just were on our back foot from the beginning. Now that we're further along, I actually think there's some pretty awesome opportunities to come forth and say, look, we are in in the market of growing the market for services for small businesses. QuickBooks Live is going to play in this space with this set of offerings. And here are the opportunities for all of you who are independent bookkeepers, accountants, other accounting professionals to use that to your advantage because you can differentiate based on all of the ways that you work and have your relationships with your clients. Thank you. That, that makes a lot of sense and appreciate your openness about that. Where should we go from here? We can talk about the new features. There's some changes to ProAdvisor support. 
David, do you have a preference? I mean, I think we could talk about like in general changes. There's new features and tools and functionality added to QBOA. And then I think at the same time, there's other changes to the wholesale billing. There's been some changes to the support. Like if you could just address like, what are the major changes that have happened the last three to, it feels like in the last 12 weeks to accounts for accountants and bookkeepers. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and let me, um, I'm going to use a stat to bridge us from the previous conversation. We're going to get numbers now. To that one. This, yeah. is, this is the numbers. This is where I do have some data that I've, I've gotten clearance to, to be able to talk about. So I, I actually had our team go back and look in the last two years. So since we launched live, okay, we've actually increased the rate of our connection of small businesses to independent accountants by five points, five percentage points which means we've made half a million more connections in the last two years, small businesses with accounting professionals, even as we launch live. And so that's where I go to, we are growing the market for services within the QuickBooks online ecosystem. So that, that remains the intent. The reason we are so passionate about that statistic, and that's one that we put as one of our top level kind of guiding principle metrics of accountants connected to small businesses is that we see Small businesses are more successful when they're connected to an accountant. And in my meetings with accountants, as I've been in this role now going on eight months, time really flies, I am blown away by the passion and the sophistication with which our accounting community are upping upping, um, their game to serve their clients. And they're doing that in part and parcel or in lockstep with some of those innovations that we've been rolling out so quickly. QuickBooks Online Accountant, right? The the QuickBooks Online experience that we build for accountants to go serve their clients. We've rolled out month-end review, which is a feature I'm, or it's really not a feature. It's an experience that I'm super, super passionate about because it is a game changer for how bookkeepers can go serve their clients. It provides a very streamlined workflow across the gathering categorization part of the bookkeeping workflow, reconciliation, and then the ability to close out the books where there's automation and exception um, reporting that's provided that really enables a bookkeeper to navigate that experience quickly. And for a manager of a bookkeeping team, they can see, oh, look, this looks like it's, we've got a couple errors here. We need some more information from our client. And it really streamlines that process and makes it a much more durable workflow. So that would be one of the big innovations that we've shipped. That one we shipped um, in fairness about 10 months ago, I think maybe it was closer. No, yeah, I think it was 10 months ago that we continue to see the rate of adoption just increasing and continue to get feedback of how powerful an experience that is. So then on, on the pricing changes, so we um, on June 1st, we sent out um, an email to all of our pro-advisors, alerting them ahead of um, some upcoming changes on QuickBooks Online pricing. And so that was the first part of the email of, hey, the retail price or the list price is going to be increasing. We've gotten a number of questions back. Um, also, uh, nobody is excited about pricing changes, as you two alluded to in your show, what, two weeks ago, um, where you read some of the feedback from the last time we'd raised price, which was uh, going on two years ago. Um, so that was the first big change. Simple Start pricing didn't change, but we raised the price on Essentials and Plus by $10 and then advanced by $30 a month. The other big part of the change was that we um, are making a change after eight years to the wholesale discount. So this is the discount that only accountants get. It is our best discount. It is our longest discount. So that's why we call it the best. 
Um, and we made changes to that as well. And we communicated that in the same message because we've gotten feedback from our accounting partners. They really do not like it when we piecemeal change over multiple months. And so what we did is we pulled that all together, communicated the change once with, um, you know, hopefully plenty of time for our, our accounting, um, professionals to be able to make those changes in their contracts with their existing. They've got 90 days to be updating their contracts there for the new customers. It's coming sooner. So the price changes go live in the wholesale discount structure changes on July 15th for new customers. And then it rolls out um, a little bit more slowly for those that are on the wholesale billing uh, that that goes live September 1st. All right. So it's something that hasn't changed in eight years, had a bandaid ripped off. And so I could see the, the fire and brimstone because of that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I think the, um, the, I think the, the good news is that as we've been going and communicating, we've had two live town halls where I had both Arij, um, who was formerly in, in my role as leader of the accounting business and Alex Chris, the, um, overall head of the QuickBooks business unit join me to field questions from our pro advisors. And we had two of those. We had um, over a thousand accountants, um, pro advisors come out to that and had something like over 500 questions that folks sent in or comments about the change. And we've really tried to help um, everyone understand what the change is, why it's happening and what they can expect from us going forward. And so I think honestly, the response has been um, far more subdued because we were so proactive in providing opportunities and forums for um, our pro-advisors to talk with us about how they were processing that change, making sure they understood it, making sure they were equipped to go answer questions that they knew their clients were going to have. Um, and so it's it's gone, I think, very well from a change management perspective. Um, obviously, a lot of feelings there um, that we're continuing to work every work with all of those uh, individuals with, because depending on where you sit, you've got a different perspective on those. So usually when prices increases happen, there are some new features that justify the additional price through greater value. So, you know, what, what new features have been released recently to justify the price increases or what's, what's, what are you going to do with that extra cash? I suppose is my question. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. So one, I would point to all of the work that's been going on in, in two, and let me talk about two discrete areas, right? So on the QuickBooks online side, if you look in the past year, the number one set of issues that we hear about after support, I'll come to support at the conclusion of this is, Hey, I just want the QuickBooks online to be more performant. I want it to be more stable. I want it to be faster for me, right? Those kind of what we would put probably in the category of, from a software perspective of what you would call run the business or just kind of expected improvements. We have made a host of changes there to make the system far more reliable and stable. We've also been working very hard on the bank feeds to make sure they're more reliable. And as you know, uh, those changes can be difficult because you're dependent on a bunch of other banks continuing to make changes in the way that your APIs have been built. And so that that's a two-part problem, but we always feel that as this is our responsibility to get right for our accountants and for small businesses. So there's been a host of, I would put in that category of performance, reliability, scalability that have been happening. That's more under the hood, but I can, and I can't share the data, but I can tell you 
the data is um, impressive in those changes. Second layer, when I start to look at new features that we've been launching, I, I talked a bit about already projects and tags as being two new experiences that have been game changers because when we were able to launch those, we were solving for a number of areas accounts we're asking for in terms of better project um, costing capabilities. Tags now enable small business owners to be tracking and reporting on however, whatever idiosyncratic ways they want to report on their business, they now have that ability without changing the chart of accounts, which is historically what folks would do to get the reports to look the way they wanted to. And when you do that, right, when we rolled out the tagging capability, what we've now been able to do is really start to standardize our chart of accounts and create industry-specific charts of accounts. That maybe sounds a little bit, um, hey, Ted, why do I care about that? And what I can tell you is that will provide a very consistent foundation for us to be able to drive a host of new automation and machine learning experiences for our accountants um, and small businesses to automate even more of the core experience than ever before, because we have that consistency across all of these uh, different subscribers. Now we can run the machine learning at scale and provide a host of operational and automation improvements. So that's what's happened. If I look forward, uh, I would say the big change that I've been pointing everyone to is solving the top pain point that when I go talk with our um, pro-advisors, I hear back is, hey, Ted, support needs to be fixed. It is not getting the job done for me, for my clients, the way that I want it to, the way that I've been used to. And so I'm very excited to be able to talk about the coming changes there. Uh, we've been partnering really, really closely with our customer success team to make sure we're driving these. And we're solving for a number of the pain points that accountants have today, which is today, when you go to call in, uh, it's very hard to get the uh, a fast answer to a problem that you've got, either because... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Ted, but yeah. just to, to rewind a second. I mean, yeah. historically speaking, I feel like the pro-advisor program at Intuit had a, had a higher bar. Like you, you as an accountant bookkeeper got way better support. You had Correct. lower hold times. It was kind of a gold standard. I mean, that the other apps aspire to offer that kind of service to the accountants and bookkeepers. And somehow that pendulum swung a little bit to where, to, can you, before you tell what's coming, like where is it in today's state? Like, does somebody have a phone number? Can they dial in? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. The answer depends on your pro advisor tier. Okay. In terms of what benefits you have. And so the the short version is for the top tiers, yes, there is a um a, a priority number that they can call to get to someone faster. The other part if if and I'm sure you've you've seen it because you all are just always all over changes that we've been making in the help panel, we've rolled out the ability for rather than doing, um, you can do chat now, right? Which we didn't have before. And then secondly, we have this opportunity where um, folks can say, hey, call me back. And what I've been hearing from our accountants, they are blown away by the speed with which they get a call back and the quality of the support they get when they get that call back, because they've been by definition, right? If you go through that experience, you're logged in. We know who you are. We know where you are, where you've stalled in the experience. And so we can be much more helpful to you straight out of the gate. Um, unlike when you're sitting on hold and then you have to walk somebody through all of the who you are, nail, making sure you're, you are who you say you are. And then we can get into the problem that you've got. Hey, hey, Ted, can we figure out 
how to get you some of that new IRS budget so you can give them this callback system. I think <laughs> I think a lot of people would be very happy if they could schedule a callback. Oh my goodness. I have, uh, yes, I've spent hours on hold with the IRS as well. I would love, love that. It is not a good experience. I, I personally want to say this is one of my favorite things because waiting on hold is something that shouldn't exist anymore in modern support queues, right? So Agreed. We, we, we don't have to. And it's just like, uh, I went to my favorite sushi restaurant the other day and it was one of those places that before the pandemic, you had to go show up in person and put your name down on a list and then just wait outside. And due to the pandemic, they now have an app that you can use to put your name on the list and then drive over. And it's such a better experience as a customer. Like we should all be doing that with everything. Absolutely. I mean, to me, the analogy, going back to your experience of not having to wait on hold, it's being on, you know, waiting on hold is the equivalent of a taxi cab stand, right? We're just standing in that queue at the airport waiting um, when it's way too late at night or early in the morning for that, you know, yellow cab to make the turnaround. Whereas now, right, the second you're walking out of the plane, you're calling, um, uh, you know, a Lyft or an Uber to come pick you up. Um, such a better experience all the way around. So Ted, I have to ask you about this uh, Trade Gecko thing. QuickBooks Commerce, formerly Trade Gecko, is being discontinued outside of the United States. And this is impacting a lot of folks in Australia, uh, Australia, uh, Asia Pacific area where Trade Gecko originated. Can you tell me what was the the rationale for that? Because it's it's quite dramatic just to take a e-commerce solution, buy it, into it, purchase it, integrate it, and integrated it into QuickBooks as QuickBooks Commerce. And now they're just shutting it down for everybody outside of the US. That's my understanding anyway. Is that correct? And then can you like address that for our international listeners? Because I think there's a lot of frustration about that. So on <clears throat> on that one, I I actually have not heard. I have not heard that. So let me let me follow up with you on that one once I get the the facts. So that I can tell you, here, here is the straight story. So this is easy, Ted. When you have the answer, you can call our voicemail and leave a voicemail. That'd be really exciting. Perfect. So Ted, if you'd like to give our voicemail a call, it is 202-695-1040. And we welcome you and all of our listeners to call in with any information or comments or questions. And we will listen to that and we will likely play it on the air. So uh, just to uh, conclude the support, what we're doing is we are bringing support back to the United States for pro advisors in the United States. We're deeply investing in the training that those agents need. Um, we're hiring a different profile of agent that has more of an accounting background. So they understand what is the accountant trying to get done, the bookkeeper trying to get done as they're calling in. And then ensuring that for those questions that are more specific, when you look at the surface area of QuickBooks, right? We talked about that big ecosystem vision of being that one place where small business owners can run their business, our support needs to keep up with that. And so we need deep specialists who can answer questions about payments, capital, payroll, et cetera. And so we're also moving the model and providing deeper training in those specialties for when our accountants are calling in with those specialized questions, getting them to that right expert who can quickly resolve that for them. So those are the four big changes coming on support. And when you say coming back to the US, can you tell us where those support people will be? Is it going to be in an office somewhere? I know that Intuit has been opening up these 
uh, are they called economic opportunity locations? I, I forget the exact name, but they're like in smaller towns. Right. And, and or are they going to be people working from home? Like who's, who's going to be staffing these? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I would say the answer is it's both and, right? So we, we've been um, standing up a number of new facilities in what I would say, you know, historically, um, economically disadvantaged areas, right? So I'm, I'm originally from Tennessee. So we've got some sites, for example, in Tennessee, um, other parts of West Virginia, Kentucky. Um, so we've got some opportunity to be hiring people in those communities and then providing that kind of training and that career pathing that I talked about. Um, and we also recognize, again, with COVID, there's a lot of opportunity to enable our, um, our community, wherever they currently live, to work from the convenience of their home. So we have both models that are in play to answer your question, Blake. To, to wrap it up, I kind of want to like go high level of where like mm-hmm. QuickBooks fits in in this new universe. If I go back, you know, to the desktop days, there was you know Peachtree, like you had one competitor, maybe two mm-hmm. competitors, right? And then for a lot of the QuickBooks online, obviously Zero is a competitor, and it was kind of a two person race, and maybe three accounts in the Sage products or whatever. But I look like at the world now, and everybody, the banks are adding GLs. Apps are becoming banks. Expense apps are adding GLs. Um, you have e-commerce companies are investing in accounting firms. Even Netflix is rolling out an accountant training program for production accounting on moving sets, right? Like, where does QuickBooks fit in in this new world of everybody wants to be the GL? Everybody wants to control all the data. Like, where does QuickBooks fit in? Where does Intuit fit in over the next 18 months to five years in this space? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely a question that's top of mind. And if you look at why we've been having the kinds of conversations we've had with our pro advisors and look at the new trainings that we've been rolling out, um, we've talked for many years about helping our accounting professionals elevate to advisory. And so one of the areas that I have have a big passion for, especially as I've gotten to talk with our accounting community is really, I think advisory is one of those luminous terms, kind of like the cloud, it just hangs out there. And you're like, what exactly does that mean? How do I make that real? Uh, we've recently rolled out advisory training to make that much more specific and tangible so that our um, pro advisors can lean into those opportunities to be helping small businesses, trying to make sense of, wait, everybody and their mother now has a small business bank account. Um, increasingly, folks are trying to do the GL experience, right? The core accounting functionality that has been our bread and butter for so many years. And so what the way I think about that is, I think we have a twofold strategy, right? The first is we have to continue to deliver exactly what um, small businesses and accountants are hiring us to do, which is the job of managing that data, uh, stewarding it with the trust and the care that we always have, and providing the hooks into the growing constellation of third-party apps, as well as our own first-party um, applications, like we talked about you know, the acquisition of TradeGecko to become our QuickBooks commerce uh, experience. It's integrating those in better and better ways to enable that streamlined workflow so we don't have the level of app fatigue that we see today. And so I think the answer is we're fitting in, playing off where we've historically been and continuing to add these appropriate adjacencies, payroll, payments, capital. Now we're you know, moving into the commerce space and there will be more. At the same time, when I look at the need from small businesses for 
the experts they hire, we have to continue to enable our accountants and bookkeepers to do their work better than ever to then free up their capacity to do exactly like you said, Blake, which is don't worry about the apps. We'll take care of that for you. We're going to provide that experience through our service. And so it's continuing to uplevel our game, our training and our pro-advisor support to make that happen and a you know, better reality for our small businesses who we have that joint mission to go serve. In a way, like you have a lot of responsibility because if I look at like eventually everybody's going to write code, right? Everybody can add a GL, everybody can, you know, do all that. But what, what you have and QuickBooks has is you have this 100,000, 200,000, whatever the number is of pro advisors. And none of the, the banks don't have that. Nobody has that. And it's where, like, how do you, that's your competitive advantage. And how do you keep those accountants and bookkeepers happy? Right. And maybe, like you said, bringing support back to the US, giving support better training. I mean, like, what else is in your wheelhouse to, because that's, I, in my opinion, is the competitive advantage. You have the wheelhouse of the accountants already. I, I agree. And I think the, the community of the pro advisors is um, unbelievable and powerful. That's why when we were talking earlier about QuickBooks Connect, getting that back in person 22, you know, 2022 and beyond, we've got to be doing that. And then we've got to be continuing to use the opportunities we have through our online training platform, through the ProAdvisor program to be continually equipping and solving the needs that our accounting partners have. I'm consistently hearing that uh, accountants are really struggling to find the quality talent they need to meet the demand they have, right? I've heard a number of saying, I could grow faster if I could hire the right caliber folks and train them quickly. So we've been leaning into opportunities to help on the training side, moving beyond just product training, but really helping with some of those core workflows and the skills that you need to hire new staff to get them onboarded faster and productive. So accounting firms can be growing at the rate that small businesses need. That's a great point, Ted. And I know we're on the way out, but maybe you could just address this question as, as we end. Um, this is one of the top problems that CPA firms, accounting firms face is recruiting talent, holding mm-hmm. on to talent. I was just on a round table where one of the small firm owners had something like 20 employees when the pandemic started. And then after all the other accounting firms caught on that remote work works, right? Suddenly, all of a sudden, the entire profession could handle remote work. He lost 70% of his staff to poaching. Yeah. So now they went from, I don't know if the percentages are correct, but I think it was 17% down to seven (laughs) staff. Um, And so, you know, that's a, that's a huge challenge. So how does this relate to QuickBooks Live? Well, do you find that you actually have a lot of do you have CPA firms that are utilizing QuickBooks Live as a bookkeeping solution for their clients? It's an, it's an area that we're actively exploring because they are coming to us saying, hey, could we bring part of our book of business to you uh, to serve? And so that's an area that we're exploring, um, especially in the coming year. And um, there's going to be more that I can talk about in the late fall, closer to QuickBooks Connect on some of those developments, but we're definitely seeing the need. Um, and the other big macro trend, Blake, is there's a number of accounting um, firm owners that want to retire. And so how do they figure out how to take a, a service-based business, which is so much dependent on the people, especially when you've got these principals who've been running it for decades, what is the value of that entity if the principal's stepping out? And so I think there's a, a generational shift that's also happening in the accounting firm space that's really interesting to look at. Will we continue to see 
the rise of these larger and larger firms and through inorganic opportunities as that as that's a, a path to um, provide liquidity to the firm owners who are retiring out? Are there new, um, really entrepreneurial uh, accountants who want to kind of take that and grow organically? I'm seeing that in the market as well. It's very exciting. So it'd be really fun to talk about, hey, what, what are the trends that you're seeing? And then what are the opportunities to really continue to seed that? Because today there is an excess of demand and there aren't enough um, there aren't enough accountants and bookkeepers to meet it. And so that's where uh, we, we're all aligned on the opportunities. And thinking back to our last call when it was QuickBooks Live was launching, that was the big question was, is, is QuickBooks Live going to be a threat to my business? And now I don't think anybody really has that feeling anymore because there's so much work to be had all of a sudden now that remote is possible that if you are a decent bookkeeper or accountant, if you are good at what you do, you have as much work as you possibly could want. So now the question is really shifted away from who's a competitive threat. Um, and it's more, <laughs> how can I leverage solutions? And perhaps QuickBooks Live is one of those to augment my team. Exactly. It's really neat. You guys are thinking about that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you both for having me on. As always, super fun conversations with you. Likewise. So Ted, if people want to get a hold of you, do you have a voicemail? Do you have an email, a Twitter? Like what's the Twitter, best Twitter? Yeah. So I've been, um, as part of coming to this role, really investing in social media presence. So you I can saw find you me playing on the guitar the other day on Twitter. That's right. I've been playing the guitar a lot more in COVID. So it was fun to, well, <laughs> it was a little bit scary to share that with the broader community, but yes. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter underscore Ted Callahan, all one word. Um, and on LinkedIn are the two, two places that I've been spending the bulk of my time with our accounting community. So those are the best places to grab me. Well, thank you for joining us, Ted, and appreciate your time. Hope to see you again in person soon. Look forward to it. Maybe we can jam next time too. It'd be fun. I would love that. And we can put this in ink, right? QuickBooks Connect 2022. We can we can lead with that. Uh, let's lead with that. Yeah, I'll take the risk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're breaking this news. That's QuickBooks right. Live is going to happen in, in not QuickBooks Live. QuickBooks Connect. Quick, QuickBooks Connect is happening in 2022. That's right. All right. Thank, thank you both. Great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you.